Welcome to the Fantasy Injury Team Podcast. It is week 15, and you know what that means. Playoff time. You've researched. You've grinded. Some weeks you felt like a champion and experienced great triumph. Some weeks you felt the cold, dark misery of fantasy football, but you've made it here. And if you're in playoffs in any capacity at all, congratulations. Got a great show for you as we prepare, ladies and gentlemen, for the final stretch of the 2022 fantasy football season. I'm your host, Joe D'Amico. As always, with me is the great doctor of physical therapy, Tom Christ. Here we go, baby. Playoff time. It's playoff time. So excited. So what do we got? What's our final? Uh, how many? I never remember. How many leagues you in again? What's our total? I'm in six leagues and four of them um, I'm still playing. I got one by. One by. All right. We'll take that. Um, I'm in seven. One is the one on one league. Total record. Did you make the I playoffs think. in that one? Not yet. My six regular leagues, 56 and 42. I'll take that. And I'm six for six in the playoffs. I told you last Whoa. year, I had a must win against my mother, uh, against my mom, and I beat her, and she is no longer in the playoffs. <laughs> my poor oh, mom. I my love goodness. you, mom. That was the league. Right that, like, before Christmas, too. I know, I know. I'm like, I'm literally six and eight in that league and snuck it. I mean, there's only eight teams. It's a tiny family league, but... And then that seventh league, guys, the one-on-one league, me and Voff against each other. I got Jesse as my partner, and Voss got Vin as his. Seven and seven. So uh, that's going to come down to – Oh, my nope. goodness. There's no playoffs there because we just play each other every week, but that's what it's going to come down so to. Does that this, mean, this does that mean his record is also seven and seven? Very good, Tom. We play each other every single week, and that's where we're at right now. So – I'm pumped up, dude. This Sunday is going to be crazy. And so many, I mean, again, Tom, I want to add in all these fun segments and do these different things on our show, but we, we got 20 injuries to cover today. So we got to keep the ball rolling. Here. Well, there's so that's many. unfortunately, that's what the research tells us is that there's two times of the season where injury rates are higher beginning of the season when everyone's not yet acclimated and then end of the season when fatigue is really hitting. So you know, we see this every year that the injury rates increase towards the end of the season. Yeah, I feel that. Not like there was like a, a lull, but it did feel lesser mid-season. We kind of had some fun segments. Yeah, it really people did. To figure it out. Listen, maybe maybe next episode we'll, we'll get back into those things. But today we got some business and we'll have fun along the way. But yeah, countless injuries and, of course, even more fantasy football implications and injuries. So here we go. Let's get this, this show started with Debo Samuel. High ankle sprain, dude, looked really bad for Debo. Carted off, cry, like crying, looked like it was going to be much worse. Another blow to the 49ers, you know, the playoff bound 49ers. But what's the word on Debo, Tom? A little more opt- optimistic than we thought? It depends. If you're talking real football, yeah, it's, it's fairly optimistic for Niners fans. If you're talking fantasy football, no, he's, he's essentially done for the fantasy season. It was an MCL sprain and an ankle injury. From the video, there's no way it wasn't a high ankle sprain, but the some of the reports are, are saying it wasn't a high ankle sprain, but it was classic high ankle sprain mechanism of injury. He got tackled from the side and behind and rolled up on, so his foot got essentially pushed outwards um, by the defender as the defender is falling on his leg. The challenge here, one for fantasy, I mean, he's already not expected to be back till week 18, which is after the fantasy season. But even in the event that maybe he does come back for week 17, miraculously, either of these injuries in isolation would be cause for concern in his first game back. As um, with uh, MCL injuries, we see receivers missing 2.8 games and have a decline of 4.2 fantasy points when they return. Whereas high ankle sprains, they miss 4.3 games on average and see a decline of 1.3 points per game when they return. So either way, in isolation, he uh, these injuries in isolation would average him not returning in time for fantasy playoffs and also seeing a decline in his production when he does return. So sucks sucks for um, fantasy players who have Debo. And, of course, you feel bad for Debo himself, who's dealt with his share of injuries in his career. Fortunately, he sh- maybe will be ready for the playoffs, the actual playoffs. 
Um, I do think that's a bit optimistic for him to be ready by week 18, which is what they're suggesting. But that first round of the playoffs is definitely possible. All right. So unfortunately, see you later for fantasy. And just for him, I'm really glad that it wasn't that ACL tear. Like when he first went down, it looked terrible. And I'm happy for him that that's not going to be the case. And and maybe he'll be back in some capacity for the real NFL season for the playoffs. I think just fantasy implications here going forward. Niners just going to continue to rely on that defense, more defense, more ball control, more slow games. Brock Purdy, who we're actually going to talk about next, really does look like a game manager. Like he's like a lesser version of Jimmy G this past week. A 134 passer rating against the defense at the beginning year we thought was going to be really good against the Bucs. I love that when teams have like a backup quarterback that's a model of their real quarterback. Like almost look at like the Huntley, Lamar Jackson. It's just perfect. It makes so much sense. And he reminds me a lot of Jimmy G. Um, and let's just talk about some of the other guys here. Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, CMC. I think they're going to continue to see bumps. I think they were downgraded a bit that Jimmy G was out. Um, and hopefully Purdy plays, and we'll we'll talk about that next. But I think with Debo going out, these three stars going to pick up the load a little bit. Maybe Juwan Jennings, just a name to kind of consider. I don't think you're starting him in your fantasy playoffs, guys, but we've seen him kind of shine randomly. But best of luck to Debo. We hope to see him back soon. What about their quarterback, though, Tom? He's our next guy up. Brock Purdy says oblique and, and ribs. I thought it was only the ribs, and they're saying oblique too. Earlier in the week, yesterday, and today on Wednesday, seems like he's limited in practice. What do we think about his outlook this week? Well, the thing to consider there, those are often injured together because anatomically the obliques attach right onto the ribs. This is very similar to what Aaron Rodgers was dealing with a few weeks ago. And if you want to, uh, for a deep, really detailed analysis uh, on fantasyinjuryteam.com, you can check out my article I wrote a couple weeks ago on Aaron Rodgers. But essentially, both of these these structures, the ribs and the obliques, are so highly involved in throwing. So when we throw, there's a lot of rotation throughout the entire body, all the way from the foot down to the shoulder. But a big portion of our rotation to generate the power for the throw comes from the thoracic spine. So that's like your upper and mid back. That's where the ribs attach. All 12 ribs, well, not all 12, but we have 12 ribs, and a lot of them attach onto the thoracic spine. So when we rotate through our thoracic spine to create the throwing motion, the ribs have to move slightly. It's 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 small amount of motion, but it's necessary. So if there's an injury and the rib either becomes stiff or the muscles in the area are what we call guarding really hard to not allow the ribs to move, well then all of a sudden you're losing some of the rotation on your throw. So if you think like how how does how is force generated? A big part of that is the amount of displacement of the the throw. So your the amount of rotation and the amount of amount of rotation from the thoracic spine as well as the motion of the shoulder. That's a vital part in creating throwing power. Now the other aspect, the obliques, they help create that rotation by their contraction. So they attach the ribs and they help pull the trunk into rotation to create that throwing motion. So again, if that inj- if that muscle is injured, you're not going to be able to rotate quite as forcefully. So both of these are big factors for a thrower, just like what we talked about with Rodgers a few weeks ago. I would expect him to not be able to throw the ball quite as far. So deep shots, I, I would not expect to see too many deep balls. And he might just have some errored throws, like throws that are pretty easy that are just off target. Um, but overall, like quarterbacks can play through this. It just sucks. And we typically see their stats not look quite as good. So I would expect more dump offs, like short passes to McCaffrey, quick stuff to Kittle, maybe get Ayuk on some, um, screen passes and slants as well. How do they manage the pain for that? Is there like, what's a typical, you know? Put a little extra padding on there. Take a little. Medicine. Yeah, like, the padding's not going to actually do anything though, because the Especially when they're like actually rotating to throw. I mean, yeah, I guess that's yeah. going to brace you from a hit, of course. But like, yeah, I, but it's not going to do anything. To picture for the how throw. to deal with that. Yeah, that doesn't it, sound fun. Injections are common. Um, you do need to be careful though. There, if you remember a couple of years ago, Tyrod Taylor 
had his lung punctured from an injection for rib injury. That doctor got fired, right? Didn't no, he? no, he did. no, he didn't. <laughs> no. Here's here's the irony that led to Justin Herbert getting us his his surprise first NFL career start. And then uh, this year, when Herbert had his injury, there's all the reports that it's like the same doctor is going to be injecting Herbert that injected Tyrod. You know, things like that happen sometimes. You can't blame the the doctor. Um, mistakes happen, right? But uh, and turned out it it jump started Justin Herbert's career. There we go. It's a classic story right there. So even Brock Purdy, this sounds outrageous from a fantasy standpoint. He's actually technically been a low-end starter. Only two weeks, 14.3, and then 21.7. Again, not at all saying to start him, but capable, man. Like, Tom, I got to ask you, is Mr. Irrelevant relevant? It seems that way. He just might be. Now, if he can't go, that's when I get nervous. Because next up is 36-year-old. I feel like he's been in the league as long as I've been around. Josh Johnson. Remember him? Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's been like, on like every on like team. Every team. Josh Johnson. Yeah. I mean, think about all the starters they have a quarterback, like for the future. They got Jimmy G. We got Trey Lance. Don't forget about him. We got Brock Purdy. Like, make some yeah. moves. I don't know what they're going to do, but um, and I just want to, I just want to like fact, I just want to fact check myself real quick. All 12 ribs do attach to the thoracic spine. Um, I think I, I made a mistake there and said they don't, but they do. Tom, stop doubting yourself, man. We trust you. All right. Next one up, the New York Jets quarterback. That is Mike White. Another, I was going to say sternum, uh, torso injury, we'll say. Very, <laughs> very similar to Purdy's. All right. Yeah, so it's a rib um, day-to-day. Actually, I saw that he actually went to the hospital during the game or right after the game as a precaution. Um, I mean, that game saw so poor Jets fans, so many injuries. Williams, I think, a couple other guys. But similar injury, Tom, similar Outlook on this one? The reports are pretty similar and it doesn't look like there's any fracture. Sometimes they'll take them to the hospital just to make sure that there was no uh, punctured lung, like we just talked about with Tyrod Taylor, because um, that may require some, some more invasive medical interventions. But yeah, this is a very similar outlook to Purdy. It's going to be about pain tolerance, it's going to be about can he get enough range of motion where he can make a throw, a deep throw. And again, we would expect less deep shots and some errored throws. So potentially looking at more dump offs to the running backs, tight ends, um, and, and maybe less deep balls to guys like Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. Definitely something to keep an eye on. And just their running game as well. I mean, last week, I got to say, I definitely got it wrong. I assumed Michael Carter going to be back in the fold 50-50, but Donovan Knight, Donovan Knight continues he's good. to stand out. He really he's does. Really now, good. He saw. I saw his matchup this week is really hard. It's the Lions, which you might not expect, but they have held opposing running backs. Barkley was one of them to crazy numbers. They've been an amazing rush defense. So I think Donovan Knight is a hundred percent stood out as the guy there. Seventeen for seventy-one in the score last week. But just again, hate to be all negative here, guys. But temper expectations on that. That Lions D has been really good. And then offensively, Garrett Wilson continues to produce at a really high level, six for 78. And even Elijah Moore, team high last week, 10 targets, reeled in six for 60. I mean, it could be a dart throw if you're desperate this week. But again, put what Tom said in your back pocket about Mike White, maybe not willing to throw the deep ball as much, continue to monitor those reports, you know, but you need a dart throw, maybe Elijah Moore. Again, playoffs, the stakes are so much higher. So uh, got to be careful. And then, Anything on Corey Davis? I mean, not that really people were playing him anyway from the Jets, but concussion protocol, what's his deal? When anytime players in the concussion protocol, you just got to keep monitoring their practice reports. Um, hard to predict. And just for the listeners out there, again, we deal, we talk about concussions all the time. There's really no like point production, right? Typically, like if they play concussion, good, good to go. Yeah, right? usually, usually we don't see much of a decline um, with Joe Mixon last week. I mean, I think that's more just Samaj P. Ryan has earned more touches than right. a decline in fantasy points from returning from the concussion. Right. Okay. Another concussion, Russell Wilson, another tough hit, looked hazy, glazed over type of look after the hit by Chiefs corner, Lejarius Sneed. It was a hard one. Um, 
I forget, Tom, what'd you tell us? The average, I mean, I'm sure you're going to talk to us about all this stuff, but missing what, like 16 days? Yeah, or something, six, 16 typically? days. That's what uh, Andrew Tierkatter, the concussion specialist, said when we had him on the show probably a few months ago now. Yeah. So is that is that the deal with, I mean, obviously we can't sit here and predict, but look like Russ might sit this week. He's not practicing today, which is not a good sign because they have those five phases of a concussion protocol that a player needs to, to get through in order to play. And usually if they don't play Wednesday, they aren't able to clear the protocol, but we'll keep, we'll keep watching. Um, his hit did look, I mean, he looked like he didn't know where he was for a little bit. And sometimes that can be predictive of a more severe concussion. Sometimes not though. So it, it's, you just got to watch the practice reports. Listen at three and 10, Broncos should just pack it in at this point, man. They play the cards this week. Always look at the over-unders and totals. Only projected total of 39 in that game. It's really low, especially if Brett uh, Ripon's going to be a quarterback. Who really knows? I mean, Jerry Judy, of course, against me last week. <laughs> Guy went off eight for 73 and three touchdowns. My goodness gracious, Jerry Judy. Have a day. Probably earned a lot of people playoff spots, to be honest with you. He's a a hero in the fantasy world to some and a villain to others. The resurrection, Tom, of Marlon Mack had a 66-yard touchdown last week. But listen, if Russ can't go and it's going to be Brett Ripon, I think he is a downgrade for all, especially we're about to talk about Cortland Sutton, who also might not play. Not really sure there, but Ripon didn't look particularly good. Four of eight. I mean, small sample size, 16 yards. Had a short touchdown, also threw a pick, so... Broncos, again, a dumpster fire. They continue to be all year. And what about Sutton? Questionable with a hamstring. Didn't play last week. Any word, Tom, this week? Any change? Um, as of now, we haven't seen much much progress towards him playing this week. Hamstrings are going to impact a player's top-end speed, so like running the deep routes, which is what Sutton's really great at. Receivers average missing 1.8 games, so he's already missed one. This would be two if he doesn't play and they score 2.8 points below their pre-injury average. Sutton's pre-injury average wasn't even that great this year, so I'm really having a hard time relying on him in the playoffs. I actually just dropped him in a league um, for a guy who I think can be impactful for me this week. So Who was that? Um, I believe it was Chris Moore, actually. There you go. We'll, right. uh, we'll talk more about later. Uh-huh. I like that, though. Get Sutton off your team so that you don't even have to look at him. Don't have to consider starting him. Don't be tempted. And because here's the thing. I don't think he's going to play this week. And then if, when he plays next week, if he's scoring well below his pre-injury average, that's still going to be lousy. So he, we're looking at him potentially being helpful in the championship. And you got to make it there in order for that to be valuable. So I and need it's still hard to trust anyway. Like right. not, he hasn't been good at all this year. No, not he not consistent. Like, and the team just stinks. The team is awful. The atrocious. Team is terrible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I parted ways with him and I'm, I'm maybe I'll regret it, but I don't think I will. I don't think you will either. And I may hop on my team after this and drop him and, and give him a see you later. But I think if you have Judy hard to sit him, you know, three touchdowns, right? Look at the facts. Is he scoring three this week? No. Uh, but <laughs> how do you sit him? Right. I mean, Greg Dulcich, another guy, if Russell Wilson can't play, typical standard thing, right? Backup quarterbacks, target the tight end, a nice safe blanket. Could be a desperate play for you at tight end. I mean, tight end is just a joke of a position as well. So wouldn't hate a play on him this week. Um, but I think Judy, a play, and then, you know, I don't know, other guys, Hamler. I mean, there's just a lot of guys that you probably don't go with, but I would stay away there. Another more but not Chris Moore, DJ Moore. And he has an ankle and a knee sprain listed as day-to-day. What do we got? This does not appear to be an issue. He practiced in full today. They didn't give us much detail on either injury. And sometimes when an injury is just so minor, there isn't a clear diagnosis or, or it's not necessary to give a clear diagnosis, especially if he's already practicing in full today. He's going to play and there shouldn't be any limitations from an injury standpoint now as far as his production it hasn't been great this year 
So you'll have to uh, to weigh your decision on starting him or not based off your roster construction, but I don't believe that you need to factor in these injuries into that decision. Probably one of the biggest what ifs, like of of just his career. Right? I know like, so much talent. He had a quarterback. What I want to go back to myself on September, whatever. I was like, give me third round, end of the third round. Come on, DJ. Come on, DJ. More slide to me. Pick. Well, because Baker was supposed to oh, be great. Gosh. I'm like a little unlucky. Cooper Cup in the first round, whatever. Don't regret the, you know, the, uh, no, he the pick, of course. That one. But <laughs> DJ Moore, man, unbelievable. This past week, he was uh, held catchless on three targets. I mean, pretty great. Well, he didn't, he didn't play that much because of the injury. Right. Okay. So that was definitely a big contributor to that. So yeah, thank you for that. I mean, Panthers shocked the Seahawks and they did it all on the ground. And I don't see that changing. Foreman, 21 carries. If you got Foreman, you ride him. They ride him. They like him. That means you should like him. Even Hubbard, 14 carries. Like, not, I don't think he's playable, but maybe very, very low end flex, uh, flex play. Blackshear had four carries, a whole bunch of other guys, and no pass catcher for the Panthers eclipsed 31 yards receiving they're gonna yeah, do it passing is the not their passing is not their strength <laughs> they are gonna run and then they're gonna run and then they're gonna run some more all right next guy here is a guy that i am extremely upset about the circumstance of last week maybe you could talk about it tom i'm sure listen week what was it last week week 13 14 week 14 screwed over a ton of people person i'm talking about is t higgins Listed this week with a hamstring, day-to-day, dude played one snap last week. Now, they say he might have aggravated it, what, pregame or in the first play, but a lot of people, speculation out there are not happy with this, and they think that he was injured going into the game and it wasn't disclosed, apparently, you know, whenever he tweaked it. Frustrating, though, and I think it's irresponsible to the Bengals, but uh, I won't go on much longer, Tom. (laughs) What do you got on T. Higgins? Well, he was on the injury report last week with the hamstring, but they had taken him off the injury report before the game. Right. So I I don't think it's out of the question that he tweaked it in the pregame. And actually, I I can't remember where I heard this, but I heard that the one play that he did play, he wasn't even supposed to be on the field. He was just like, man, forget this. I'm playing. And just went out there, like subbed a player out. Like he did it, not the coach. I I, get, I I can't remember where I heard this from. I don't know if it's true or not. But that would be pretty badass if it was true. I believe um, everything I hear. That sounds like a good story. So <laughs> it, I'm going to believe that and believe that he wanted to play. He just truly aggravated it before the game and couldn't yeah. play. Or, or the coaching staff was like, no, like we're not risking you. We need to get ready for the playoffs. Yeah. Um. So he, actually, here's how that screwed me, though. You want to hear a story before I finish with this? So in my, dyna- in my dynasty league that I was in last place going into last week, and that's in dynasty, like, you're cool with finishing last because you get the first pick in the rookie draft. So the guy I'm playing, I needed him to beat me so I could get that first pick. He has <laughs> T. Higgins, and I beat him by two points. Uh, so now not, not only did I bump once, but bump him, I'm picking at four now Went all the way from one to four. Yeah. So there goes B. John Robinson. Seriously, man, that sucks. Anyway, back to Higgins. I'm concerned about this for the fantasy playoffs. And here's why one, we already know that hamstring recurrence rates quite high. When there's already been one hamstring injury that increases the risk of another by 2.7 times. We've already seen that with him in the past like 10 days. He's had an injury at the hamstring that got re-aggravated. Receivers average missing 1.8 games with a decline of 2.8 fantasy points when they return. Same stats I just gave you for Cortland Sutton. He's been limited in practice to start this week. And kind of going back to what I was saying with Sutton, like this type of injury impacts top end speed. This blew my mind, but T Higgins his average uh, yards per reception is 14.4 yards. So he's been, and he has 12 catches of 20 plus yards. So I always thought of him as the possession receiver, but they've been using him down the field quite a bit, probably in um, when chase was out. So I'm really having a hard time 
trusting that Higgins will one be ready to go this week and two like be good for the next couple weeks. Right. Um for both reasons of reaggravation, but also just the decline that we see in production when players return from this injury. And to, to compound that even more, he's the type of player that's so good that if he's active, what are you going to not start him? Yeah. So I, I almost think that he is like a trap player coming into these next couple of weeks. Um, and I mean, it depends how much you're willing to risk. If, if you really need that 15 to 20 points that he can get you depending on what the practice reports say and what the pregame reports say you may still roll with him but if you've got a pretty comfortable team and you just need to be safe with that roster spot you may consider going with someone else well said and a lot to process there a lot to think about Bengals making some noise nine and four and you know i think you nailed it where they don't need him out there right now they need him out there after week 18 in the playoffs because they can make a serious, serious push. And right now, I think Jamar Chase is pretty much holding it down pretty pretty well for them. Tom. He's doing just fine. <laughs> He's doing just fine. And before we go to our next guy, Tyler Boyd, just got a notification, Tom. Sound the alarm. DeAndre Swift is off the injury report for this week. Whoa. We got to get the rap air horn going here. Wow. Celebrate. Amazing DeAndre Swift, although he might get on the report before we finish the show. So we might as well get this <laughs> get this going again. All right. Another receiver for the Bengals, Tom. Uh, Tyler Boyd. Finger dislocation apparently reports. I read a lot about this one. I was intrigued. Very, very painful. Apparently this hurts like hell, and he's dealing with a whole bunch of pain, and he's going through all this stuff. Played just two snaps last week. Um, I mean, before you go, Tom – I don't think Boyd's really been playable anymore. I mean, his last five weeks have not been good. 6.9, 5.2, 2.6, 8, and then 0 last week. Only played two snaps. More of an insurance policy if Chase or T miss time. But listen, T might miss time. So talk to us about Tyler Boyd, Tom. Well, back to your point on it being painful. Just think about what we use our fingers for. They're very fine tasks, and they're very sensory, right? So there's a lot of sensory receptors. They're very densely packed in our fingers. So that's why like a paper cut or things like that hurts so bad because there's so many sensory receptors in there. Where's the childbirth? I don't know. I can't confirm or deny that one. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Joking, Britt. Love you. (laughs) Here's the thing. Uh, Boyd is a pass catcher. So he needs all 10 digits in order to do that well. Yeah, you don't. I mean, you could tape two together and, and be okay. We don't know what finger it is, though, and that kind of does make a difference. If it's like his ring finger, that you could probably do without that. But most of the other ones are pretty valuable with catching, and a dislocation is going to make that finger less stable. So, what I mean by that is when you catch a ball, your fingers extend to a certain amount. And then part of what prevents them from extending any further is the ligament integrity there. Oftentimes with dislocations, there's some injuries to the ligaments. So if those aren't intact and the finger now has the capacity to extend like way far back, a ball could just run right through that instead of having that, that backstop, that support of the, 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 um, the, ligaments being intact right so we could see one this hurting really bad making him drop passes or just that lack of stability influencing his ability to catch the ball as well i would think this would be more of an issue on like a a slant where burrow really puts a lot of steam on the ball but anything like down the field i I wouldn't be an issue with so I don't think that this is going to be a dramatic impact on Tyler Boyd's production if he plays. It's not going to impact his route running at all or his speed. You just may see a couple uncharacteristic drops. Plus, he dropped one two weeks ago when he didn't have a dislocated finger. So That's correct. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we're playing him anyway. But again, like I think a lot of people truly would be tempted if T. Higgins wasn't able to go for some reason because that that's when we've seen Boyd really be good when he steps into the number two role behind Chase or behind Higgins. If, you know, the former person 
wasn't able to play. So we'll check that out. But, you know, definitely some good points about the finger and about <laughs> not being able to catch the balls, all those zip on it, all that zip from Burrow on it. Okay. Let's keep this rolling. Tyler Huntley, another concussion, but seeing that he already played limited, limitedly this week, Tom, or, or early on this week, he going to be back Sunday? What do we think about Huntley? So practicing Wednesday is a good sign that it means they at least have the capacity to get through the five-stage protocol. It doesn't mean that it's not a guarantee, though. So at any point through the protocol, if he doesn't meet the criteria to enter the next phase, and all of that is available on the concussion page on the fantasyinjuryteam.com, then if he doesn't meet the criteria at any particular point, then they won't progress him. So an example would be, um, let's say it's Friday, and he's cleared for full practice, but he starts to get like a headache or something or dizzy or something while going full speed. That does not allow them to progress to the next phase until they can practice without getting any kind of symptoms. So that's why it's so important to make sure you're constantly every day checking their practice reports with players coming back from concussions. And for their passing game, really, I mean, Demarcus Robinson, eh. Played against them last week, did decently. Andrews was awful, but on no planet. There's no world, there's no place that exists where you sit him or replace him. You play Mark Andrews. And Tom, they're just much like the Panthers, man, all on the ground. Their backfield is interesting. J.K. Dobbins back. 15 carries, 120 and a tutty. Gus Edwards, 13 for 66. Huntley even ran the ball nine times. Tom, is J.K. Dobbins taking this backfield back? What do you think? I think he's getting there. I, I don't like seeing him getting chased down on that big run. Um, oh, the right uh, out of bounds, the right side. Yeah. Oh, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't like that, but I think we're seeing signs that he's getting closer to being himself. I still think it's going to be next season before he's truly himself, but he's showed this week that he can be productive for you sure. and your fantasy team, so... I, I do like what I'm seeing. Agreed. I'm with you. Don't like what we saw in the backfield of New England, though. This was a weird game as well. A lot of injuries again, man. So many this year. Crazy. But Ramondre Stevenson, guy has been freaking awesome all year long. My goodness gracious. Talk about a, a guy you can mention as league winner. Got hurt in the game. Was this Monday night game? I think this was Monday night game. Yes. Ankle injury. Came out of the game for a while. Pierre Strong came on, eventually had five carries for 70, which he averaged 14 yards a carry. Kevin Harris came and ran hard, eight for 26 throughout the game. But anyway, Ramondre came back in, and then eventually he was ruled out again. And now, again, he's dealing with this ankle. Probably a crapshoot, you know, in terms of who performs the best, you know, if he's not able to go. But let's talk about Ramondre first, Tom. Is he going to be able to go? What do you think? Ankles are always so weird and... So many different levels, right, of ankle sprains or, or whatever. Right. I wouldn't bank on him for this week. It looked like a high ankle sprain. Um, so, again, with that, and it didn't look, it doesn't sound that severe. But, again, with the high ankle sprains, what happens is the ligaments that hold the tibia and the fibula, the two shin bones together, they get stressed, sometimes torn to some degree, and those two bones now move apart from each other which makes the foot and the ankle not quite as firm to push off of when you're running and cutting and running people over. Running backs typically miss, they on average, 2.3 games, but they don't see that bad of a, a negative decline on their fantasy production when they return, only a decline of a half a point, with nearly 40% meeting or exceeding their pre-injury average in the first game back. So if he does play, the data suggests that he he could still be productive, or if not, it would be only a slight decline in his, in his production. He's been really, really good all season, so you could probably take a, a slight decline in, in his production and still be okay. Um, but I, I don't know as of now if it's looking favorable favorable for him to play. So just you got to, this is another one you just got to keep monitoring, and, and we'll be active on Twitter about this one as well throughout the week. For sure. And Damian Harris, also questionable. Tom, fantasy Twitter is going wild the first week of playoffs. I saw you interacting with somebody about this. It's Pierre Strong week. I am not saying that. I don't know much about the guy. Listen, Rand Hart, I'm five for 70. He's pretty damn good, averaging, again, like I said earlier, 14 yards a carry. But 
what do you think? I mean, what what'd you say about what was your tweet about like fantasy, like league, like the actual league winners and the playoffs and stuff? I forget. Oh, you said sometimes league winners, they come in the most mysterious ways. So I can remember when I was in high school, when we were in high school, it was probably 2008 or 2009. Ryan Grant, the running back for the Green Bay Packers, led me to victory. And he had never like got a carry until week like 14 or something. Classic. Yeah. So this, these, but these are the names that like guys you've never heard of that just suddenly get an opportunity at the right time. You got to go out and get them. And if, if the situation is right on your roster and you just, you have no option but to thrust them out there, sometimes it works out. I agree. And you should check right now, everybody listening, go check every league. Is Pierre Strong available? Scoop him up instantly. Drop someone you don't see yourself playing. And listen, if Ramondre, no risk, right? If Ramondre plays, you drop you drop him. If Ramondre doesn't play, if Damian Harris doesn't play, could be worth a shot. And Tom, my league winner from, I, I really hope my friend CJ is listening. One of my main league, one of my championships, one because Tim Hightower scored me about 35 yes. or 36 points. I forget yes. the year for this. He scored like three times. Unbelievable performance. I wanted to buy a Hightower jersey like five years after. Only one I found was like $400. There was like two jerseys available. Oh, you got to get a custom I, one at that point. I, I absolutely should have. So shout out to him, Hightower. All right. Oh, my goodness. Got about seven left. We'll keep this rolling here. A lot, a lot of injuries, lots to talk about. So Jeff Wilson, a hip injury. DNP Tuesday, not sure if he practiced today, Tom. Another tricky situation. But what's up with Jeff Wilson? This is a really, really tricky one because we have saw we saw him be productive with the Dolphins, I believe, for his first two weeks. And then he's either been injured or has struggled. And uh, it's tough because I feel like this is the type of offense that's so creative that every week they're going to have a different game plan. So there's some weeks where Wilson is the game plan. And he does great. There's other weeks where he's not the game plan and he gets one carry for three yards, but we don't know until the week happens. As far as the injury goes, they're not telling us much. It's an undisclosed hip injury. They don't tell us what is injured, Um, but any type of hip injury, it's going to impact a runner's speed as well as their cutting ability. How to what degree it's going to depend on the tissues injured and, and the severity of them. It doesn't sound like it's too much at this point. So we'll, we'll keep our eye out for new reports. Um, he did not practice today, which is not good. I I think he's a hard one to trust this week. I know I have him in two leagues and I don't believe I'm starting him in either. As of now, if any positive reports come out in the next couple of days, I may change my mind, but he'll be another one that we'll keep updating our opinions on on twitter throughout the week agreed it's just the volatility of the situation like their backfield you mentioned has been good at times last two weeks they just have barely run right like last week wilson four for 26 mostert 11 for 37 they've really struggled and this week as well play the bills in probably what we're about to talk about in a couple minutes here in probably a foot of snow and probably 30-mile-an-hour win. So, yeah, they're going to be running, but the game could be really ugly. Um, and listen, Jeff Wilson's had some dud games lately, really dud, dud games, Mostert, too. I like Jeff Wilson more than Mostert, but like you said, I think they're really hard to trust. Another guy from that offense, Tyreek Hill. I mean, listen, before we get to this, if he's playing, if Tyreek Hill's existing, I think you play him. But I'm nervous about the snow coming and, of course, his ankle injury. But So what do you got on that? What do you got on his ankle first, Tom? The uh, the snow, I did not hear about that until you mentioned that. We really need to get um, a fantasy weather team uh, going to uh, to uh, to add some, some weather content here. This is what we're going to do. We're just going to keep expanding. If you're into weather, if you're into the climate, um, I always use NO, for those of you guys out there, NOAA.gov. Best best most accurate weather site ever but yeah we could use someone tom love that what does that stand for uh national ocean atmospheric something it's like literally the government weather site 
It's, it's, interesting. Re- it's really good. Interesting. As far as Tyreek Hill's ankle goes, it does not appear to be that concerning. He practiced today, although in limited fashion. Uh, but keep in mind, this is the type of injury that could impact lateral agility as well as straight line speed. And he, he's called the cheetah for a reason. He's he's in this league because he's so freaking fast and quick. But so, cheetahs like deserts. Do they enjoy cold weather, Tom, and the snow? <laughs> I don't know, especially cheetahs that are from Miami. I, I don't know how they would do in that kind of weather. <laughs> But that actually adds, I'm glad you mentioned that, that actually adds another dimension to this injury because if it's slippery weather, that's not going to bode well for an ankle injury. So we could be looking at, one, it just hurting more to cut because it's going to take more more muscle control, really, but also more a higher chance for a further injury because of that. He could easily lose his footing again and roll his ankle even worse. Um, receivers see a decline of 1.4 points per game, which on the surface that for Tyree Hill, that's nothing. And I agree with you. You can't not start him, but there are a, a couple, I wouldn't say red flags. There's a couple yellow flags here that are causes for concern, but not enough to put him on your bench. I think in a standard league, 10 man, 12 man playoffs, you can't sit him. It's just too difficult. I mean, Weather forecast, you all should keep an eye on it too. And Tom, we're, we're looking to hire Tom. <laughs> we're looking to find somebody. But they play, uh, Dolphins play the Bills, obviously. Saturday night, 8-15 Buffalo. So it says Friday rain, Friday night rain and snow. Saturday snow all day, high 34 degrees. Sunday snow, 90%. I've seen up to a foot of snow. Now, even just for totals, rain doesn't affect any of it. You know, these NFL guys are great. They can play under wet conditions. What you're looking for is snow, which affects it slightly more. Wind, wind, wind. Wind affects totals. Wind affects throwing and passing and obviously kicking. Temporary expectations here, but um, again, really hard to sit sit Tyreek Hill. Okay. You want you want to hear something outrageous? Surely. In my main league, um, my one friend's team, Ramondre Stevenson, who we just talked about potentially not playing this week, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddle, who we just talked about the weather in this game. Oh. This guy's got a buy. Oh, would have been a great chance to get him out. I know. And next week, they're probably, I have no idea, they're probably playing in sunny Miami. It's going to be 72 degrees. Perfect weather for football. The guy's going to put up and uh, whatever. Oh, also found a stat on the lot. So just to reference, just to backtrack for a sec, for you Zonovan Knight truthers, and I'm, I love him too. Lions run defense the past three weeks. Saquon, 15 carries, 22 yards. ETN, 13 carries, 54 yards. Dalvin Cook, 15 carries, 23 yards. Donovan Knight up next. That's really good. Be careful. It sure is. Tom, what's not really good is Damian Pierce's outlook for the fantasy football playoffs. Doubtful this week. Doesn't look like he's playing with an ankle injury. What do you got on him? Also looking like a high ankle sprain, uh, which I just explained a few segments ago. He's expected to miss this week. And like I was saying, it, it kind of impacts their ability to push off that foot. And I could see this lingering the rest of the fantasy season. But again, like the, the stats aren't that bad on running backs returning from this injury. So you're probably not going to have him this week, but next week if he plays and the situation on your roster warrants it, you could probably play him. I think he's been fantastic in his rookie year as an NFL player. I'm going to make a statement here. I think he's very overrated in the fantasy football world. Dude had a great weeks three to five, but since then, the last eight weeks, averaging 10 a game. It's good for an RB too. Fine. People talk about this guy like he's like the best thing ever. Fine. Whatever. Um, But especially if this ankle injury is going to hamper him even more. You know, I'm not looking to be super positive about him. And (laughs) Texans almost uh, we we both would have loved that time. The Texans beat the Cowboys last week. It was close. Oh, my goodness. That would have been fantastic. We had potential for it. Um, You know, in terms of their backups, they just really uh, something has to be up with, Eno Benjamin. I, I don't know. I don't want to speculate too much. Could be an attitude or could be not. I don't know what it is released by two teams in, in a matter of a month, but there are guys now to step up. 
Rex Burkhead, and Dare Ogunbowale. And I remember him last year in the fantasy football playoffs. I forget who he stepped in for. I don't even remember the situation. He did really, really well in his opportunities. This is going to be the t- I could picture it, though. It's going to be like Rex Burkhead on the goal line. Just Rex Burkhead. Go- like, Dare is probably better. But, you know, just keep an eye on those guys. I would pick up Ogunbowale. I don't mind him as a player. I don't think Burkhead has so much upside. But got to keep an eye on there. Listen, they are 14-point underdogs this week. We'll talk a little bit about uh, Chris Moore a little bit later, but he had 10 catches for 124 on 11 targets. And reason that he did that well could possibly be because Brandon Cooks, calf injury, Nico Collins, a, a sore foot. What do you got on those guys, Tom? Are they, are they coming back? Is it going to be another Chris Moore week? Well, first, as far as Agumba Wale goes, in week 16 last year, he had 15 points. Week 17, he had 14.5. So that's, certainly that's what it was. certainly would have helped week. your teams. Yep, that was it. I remember that. Cooks with the calf injury, both of them not practicing today. So think about the calf and how involved it is in running and cutting. This is the type of injury that really, really, really impacts receivers. We see a decline of 5.3 points per game in their first game back so even when cooks 5.3 that's a lot and this this is like a sample size of i believe 17 or 18 players so it's not like it's three players so uh, So you were yelling i'm sorry i cut you off again you are yelling do not play brandon cooks this week if he plays correct Right. right okay and if he plays if it's if he misses this week and he plays next week yeah you gotta be careful there as far as Nico Collins goes, a foot is also going to impact athleticism, sprinting, cutting, route running, jumping, very easily aggravated uh, with all of those those actions. So, and he didn't practice today either. So this is lining up for it to be a really, really nice Chris Moore week going against Kansas City. Houston's going to need to air the ball out. We know they're, they're implementing their two QB system, which is... <laughs> I think it's fun to watch. I mean, for a team that's playing for nothing, why not? Yeah, make it a competition. <laughs> but like, who the, who the heck else is going to get the ball in this offense? Rex Burkhead. Yeah, him too. <laughs> Someone random and ridiculous is going to score. We all know it's coming. The touchdown that helps no one. Classic. All right, Tommy. Four left. We got Kyler Murray, which this is this is brutal. Felt terrible about this one as well. Done for the year. Brutal. Torn ACL. Was it more than that, Tom? ACL. Was it? MCL as well, or I I haven't seen any other reports, but that doesn't mean that it's not more than an ACL. But okay, we know it's yeah, an ACL. I saw they were waiting; they were doing some more testing and stuff. Definitely ACL, though, right? Yes. Okay. So what do we got? I mean, obviously done this year, but is this now that it's kind of later in the year? Is this something that he can be good for? I guess like week one, preseason next week. What's like? timetables looking like becomes very tough so this is about the same time frame that chris godwin injured his last year and a couple weeks before michael gallup injured his last year different position though but murray's a runner so if we think quarterbacks joe burrow tore his in week 11 or 12 of his rookie season barely made it to play week one and that's a pocket passer Carson Wentz a few years ago, week 14, didn't return until week three the following season and was not great. Um, I don't doubt that he can be, he can make it out there week one to be a pocket passer, but that's not Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray can throw from the pocket, but he's a runner. I would find it tough to believe that he'll be anywhere near 100% running by week one next season. But that doesn't mean that he can't be productive second half of next season. Kind of like how we're seeing Chris Godwin kind of get things going now. So it, it it's one to monitor. Again, we don't know if it's only an ACL right now or if it's other tissues involved. Like the Wentz example, he had some other, I think his LCL as well was injured. And any other tissue just slows down the rehab process. So we'll keep an eye out for any reports on anything other than ACL. But at this time, his week one status next year is definitely in jeopardy. I feel this is going to be a big topic of discussion over the summer. We're going to be already, you know, how his recovery is going. And I remember us preseason talking about it's too early. 
for Godwin. It's too early. It's too early. And he wound up getting more banged up. And now he, I'm glad that he's looking better now, but it took time. Like we talked about, and, and, he and this, came back this too is early. exactly what we talked about. This was the time frame that we thought that Godwin would start getting things together. This is what you said. You said, if you can maintain him being on your bench and not producing for the beginning of the season, fine. And we know that he's going to probably turn it up later in the year, but there's our value again, Tom. This is our, exactly. this is what we do, baby. I mean, Cardinals are done anyway. Back to them. They're four and nine. Uh, Colt McCoy is not terrible. Uh, he isn't Kyler, though. I still think this is bad for everyone. And side note, Rondell Moore, we don't even have to talk about him on the IR. He's going to be done as well. Um, I don't think this is great for Hopkins. Uh, I mean, Hopkins is still just such a unicorn. Like, he's going to do his thing. Yeah, I think that yeah. he's okay. Everyone else on that offense, it sucks for. I think I totally agree with you there. Even, uh, well, Moore's already out. Even Hollywood Brown a little bit. And James Conner could get a bump in terms of the passing game, but I would imagine their offense is going to stall even more, right? I mean, less touchdowns for him, maybe more touches, but how productive are those touches going to be? Then I don't think they're going to be moving the ball as much. Again, they're four and nine, maybe pack it in eventually we see. But, well, you know, I'm, I don't know if excited is the right word, but I'm I'm anticipating next season, you know, for Kyler, and hopefully he does have a full return. What about Dallas Goddard? Last three here. Missed three weeks. <laughs> he's missed three weeks, and he's still tight end nine on the year. <laughs> so stupid. You see? Oh, my goodness. And, and after Evan Ingram so... had one big week, now he's tight end four. Is it that? Just... I started him in two stupid. leagues. Started Evan Ingram in two leagues last week. I saw him on waiver wires available. Glaze right over. Nope. Don't yeah. want Evan Ingram. And then I yeah. watched him. What a joke. But what about is like, so designated to return. I mean, that means that he can be activated, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Like what's, I kind of never fully understood what that means. Designated to return. Is he back? So, is he not back? Like what's, so what I think mean? first you need to understand the IR. The IR is a, it's separate from your 53 man roster. So that's the value of it is you can put this person on the IR and you can sign someone else to fill their spot. Just like when, our fantasy roster is perfect. Okay. Yeah. When you're designated to return from the IR, that means that they're still on the IR, but they can start like practicing and things like that. So it doesn't affect your 53 man roster, but you still have 21 more days to make sure that they're ready to come back and play. Got it. Okay. I don't see why they would play him this week, regardless of if he's ready or not. The Eagles play the Chicago Bears this week, who stink. Why would you put? Dallas Goddard in when next week the Eagles on Christmas Eve play the Dallas Cowboys. That's yeah. when you want him ready. So I I don't I don't I, I don't think he's gonna play this week because of that. Strictly because of that. From an injury standpoint, they never told us what a shoulder injury was, but watching the video, it looks just like a dislocation, um, an anterior or frontwards dislocation, which almost always leads to a labrum injury. And that doesn't always need surgery. Like Joe, we've talked about how both of us have labrum injuries existing in our shoulders, and we still are recreational athletes at best. <laughs> recreational, sure, okay, that's that's fair. It's a fair assessment. Okay, so he's been out four weeks. That's a lot of time to rehab the shoulder to a point where the rotator cuff can mostly compensate for an injured labrum to hold the the arm bone in the shoulder socket. I mean. Dalvin Cook, his shoulders popped out a couple times over the last few years, and he's still playing and, and doing well. What they can do is use external support like a, a shoulder harness or tape it up really good to help support it in there. Definitely a risk for it popping back out, which could lead to him missing more time. But from a productivity standpoint, no reason to think that this is going to impact his fantasy production. Okay, good to know. And I just remembered my athletic director today asked me about Dallas Goddard. So I'm glad we answered that. He's struggling at tight end. So I'm just going to throw you a question, Tom. Darren Waller, actually same situation. Today he was designated to return with a hamstring. I don't know what research you've done on him. Do you know anything about Waller? Do you think he plays? And do you even like trust him? Dude hasn't played since, let's see, week five. Uh, so hard going into the fantasy playoffs, yeah. man. I don't know. What do you think? Um, I have not seen reports on him practicing. I did see that him and Renfro were both designated to return from the IR. Sure. Okay. I would wait until you see them actually practicing 
to even think about it. But I mean, I think Waller's as good of a toss up as anybody else out there. If you need a tight end, like he's a better right. bet to to fall in the end zone than some of these other guys. If so, he plays, right? Yes, right. yeah. So if he plays, if you don't have one of the top guys, why not go with him? Right. He was talking about picking up like Robert Tunyon, and I told him maybe like I I brought that name up, but then I just looked at Tunyon's numbers. It's like one, not three, good. But it's just awful. Yeah. I think Waller to be better... ranked tight end twenty one and like play every game is pretty awful. That's pretty Robert bad. Tunyon, I think so. Waller's definitely a better option if he plays than that. Yeah, I think so too. Even even if he does go out and puts up zero somehow, like yeah, I still feel better about that. Okay, yeah. I mean Tunyon could easily put up zero or one, right, with no upside. So okay, Tom, this is one that it, it plays tomorrow. Ken Walker full practice after not playing last week, no longer on the injury report at all. They play the 49ers defense, who have just been phenomenal against the run. Number one in the NFL, only allowing 75.1 yards per game. Yikes. Seahawks are 7-6. and six. They are scrapping. They are fighting aggressively for their playoff lives. They need this. I don't know if I could sit Ken Walker. <laughs> Low projection, rightfully so. Off an injury, playing a great defense. Can I sit him, Tom? What the heck do I do? I wrote about his injury last week on fantasyinjuryteam.com. He has his own article. And I went into depth on what I believed his injury was because they didn't really tell us. They just, you know, Pete Carroll just kind of had those those odd comments jammed in like it's a strain, not a sprain. So that sounds like an impingement of, of some of the muscles that run across the the top of the foot. And with that, there really shouldn't be any reason for lingering issues afterwards. So the difference there with the sprain is with the sprain, when the ligaments get injured, they don't always heal back together. So then you need compensation from the muscles, both for structural support, but also for that proprioception that we talk about often, or just that awareness of where your foot is when it's hitting the ground. So with the impingement, that's not an issue. And as soon as the pain and the swelling goes down, function should be totally fine. So I'm not concerned with his injury, his return from injury status. But as you mentioned, doesn't have the best matchup this week. So that's no. where my concern would be. And I think I wouldn't want to start him. It would depend on if I have any reasonable alternatives. This was an unplanned transition but it's a perfect one to our last player. The other guy is Brian Robinson. That's actually what my conundrum is here. It's Ken Walker or Brian Robinson. Robinson's on track to play. Quad injury, limited. They're coming off a bye. Um, he played the Gi- I mean, plays the Giants this week, and the last game before the bye was also against the Giants. Um, last four weeks, 14.6, then a measly 5.7 then shot up to a 19.5 and a 12.1. So that's that's my thing. So, I mean, anything on his injury in terms of, I mean, it was a quad, limited, looks like on track to play, but what do you got on that before we, before I come to my, my conclusion here? I think one thing to consider with Robinson is he has gotten progressively better throughout the season. You can see it as well as those numbers that you just gave us. And that's not that's not to be unexpected from not only a rookie, but also a rookie who got shot right before the season started. Right. Yeah. So he may still not even be 100% from that. But as far as this quad injury goes, that's the type of, that's a huge, strong, powerful muscle for running, cutting, jumping, sprinting, changing direction, running people over, whatever it may be. A lot of times these injuries, you can play through them but you're still kind of limited when you do any of those really, really high force producing motions. We see running backs have a decline of 2.3 points per game from their pre-injury baseline with only 25% meeting or exceeding their pre-injury baseline. So the data tells us that he's going to see a hit in his production. It's, and you know, his production wasn't so astronomical that, like what we said with Tyreek Hill, the hit in the production we see with his injury, who cares? He's still going to put up a lot of points. With Robinson, I wouldn't be surprised if we do see an impactful decline in his production, Um, especially since they have other options there too with Gibson. Right. 
He's a little banged up too, but I think he's going to be on track to play. So what do you think? Gun to your head, Tom. Ken Walker or Brian Robinson this week? That's a big toss-up. I would honestly, I would, despite what I just said, I would probably go with Robinson because of the matchup. And I think Robinson, he's been falling into the end zone, you know? So Yeah, caught one in the end zone a couple weeks ago as well. That's the kind of decision, the Walker versus Robinson decision, that a touchdown may be the best you're going to get at, like 40 yards and a touchdown total. My head is spinning. (laughs) I'll text you after the show and tomorrow and the next – well, actually, i got to make the decision by tomorrow, so I don't have too long. All right, that concludes our injuries, and we are on to our final segment, which is our start sit. I'll get us going here. I'm going to start this week, Isaiah Pacheco. You're probably already starting him, but I just have to say that I love him this week. This is more of like a bet his over, (laughs) his props, bet him to score. Chiefs are 14-point favorites over a dreadful Texans team. This just screams to me, run, run, run. Texans also. 32nd in the NFL in rush yards allowed. Tom, remember we just said the 49ers only allow 70-something. Texans allowing 165.8 rush yards per game. You're probably already starting them in fantasy. We'll put some bets in Isaiah Pacheco this week. I am sitting Marquise Brown. And, you know, this is even before, even if Rondell Moore, well, we know Rondell Moore is out, but I'm out on Marquise Brown this week. Another matchup one, man. They played Denver. Game total real low, only 36 and a half. Kyler Murray's out. Tempering expectations a little bit for Hopkins, but we talked about that. But Patrick Sertain is an awesome cornerback. I just don't like the situation. So I'm out on Marquise Brown, and I'm really feeling Isaiah Pacheco this week. Tom, what do you got? Yeah, I like those picks. I am going to, we've talked about him a couple times already. I'm going to start Chris Moore. 20.5 points last week with Cooks and Collins not playing, and it's not looking like they're going to play again this week. Going against the Kansas City and their prolific offense, you've always got to just try to air it out to keep up with them. So I think the Texans are going to get smashed, but I think Chris Moore will do do pretty well. I'm going to sit. It's tempting to play him after his touchdown last week on his first career catch. But Jamison Williams, I'm going to continue to sit him probably for the rest of the season. I think his career outlook is phenomenal. I love this guy. I have him in both my dynasty leagues, but they're making it very clear in Detroit that they are taking their time with their players returning from injury. We've seen this with DeAndre Swift all season long. They are more than willing to let someone else carry much of the load. And with Jamison, I know he scored last week, but he only played on 19% of his snaps. He's not going to catch a deep bomb like that every week. He may have in college, but this is the NFL. He's probably going to get more than 19% of the snaps this week, but I don't think it's going to be enough that he's going to be reliable. Really well said. And Vin, welcome to the show. Save the best for last year. What do you got for us this week? First week of the playoffs. Don't yeah. screw this up, dude. <laughs> Rematch with you again. That's fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, Tom, I forgot to tell you. So I, I played Vin last week in our main league. And if I beat him, I was in already. If I beat him, he would have been out. And Vin beat my ass with Jerry Judy and all these guys. And now we play again this week. Me versus Vin. First week of the freaking playoffs. Holy crap. I love I love when it's what do you got, Ben? Talk to us. Should be a good one. Um, so my start of the week. I don't I don't at all. (laughs) No, it's not gonna be fun, but it'll be fun. Uh my start of the week is Greg Dulcich, tight end on the Broncos. We saw what Hunter Henry did to this Cardinals defense on Monday night, put up his highest yardage total of the year so far. Uh cards are finished. Offense, obviously, with Kyler going down, defense, they have some injuries too. Um, this is the best matchup for tight ends over the course of the season. They've allowed 15 points per game to the position. So uh, Greg Dulcich is out there a lot too. He's getting a lot of targets. He's got 16 in his last two weeks combined. So I think he's a good play against this Cardinals defense that doesn't seem to want to guard the tight end at all. Uh, my sit is 
Mike Evans. Obviously, this is this is out there. I mean, it's going to be hard to sit him. I think he's wide receiver 22 on the year. But does anyone know when his last touchdown was? <laughs> we had a big guess. Uh, week you're asking four. That, week seven. Thomas, correct. Week four was the last time he scored. Wow. <laughs> Tom, so, week four? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been rough for him. Darwin really doesn't score either, so... <laughs> he did score last week, technically, but it got called back as a penalty. But I feel like it happens a lot with the Bucs. They get in the red zone, too. They score a touchdown, it gets called back. So, um, Bengals defense, no joke. Uh, they've only allowed five completions of over 40 yards all season to the wide receiver position. And that's where Mike Evans does a lot of his damage, those big plays down the field. He's only scored double digits in five of his 12 games this year. As I mentioned, hasn't scored since week four. Um, so this Bengals defense should be able to keep him in check. Uh, so this week you might might have to sit him for a better option. Love it. Bold. We talked a little about Greg Dulcich before. I like it. And Mike, a tough one. Mike Evans been getting a little bold on, on a Wednesday night here. All right. All right, fellas, great show. You guys at home, thank you for joining us. We love you. We appreciate your support. We wish you the very best of luck in the playoffs this week, and we'll see you next week on the Fantasy Injury Team Podcast.